So this morning what I want to do is I want to look at one text in Exodus and one scripture in Matthew, and then we're going to pray. Is that okay? So I want to give you some handles this morning, just what I see in the scripture and just present that. Otherwise, you know, this is not the sum total of prayer. We could just go on forever preaching about this. But I just want to teach you some handles this morning with the things that I see. And so if you can please turn with me to Exodus 33, we are going to read from verse 12 to 18. I read from the standard grade Bible, it's called the NRV. So uh, if you've got a different Bible, it might appear slightly different. And love, can I just have that water, please? Thank you. Thanks. Let's read. All right. So Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people, Unless you go with us. What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing that you have asked, because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses says, now show me your glory. For those of you who have just joined this morning or haven't been in church for the last uh, couple of weeks, I just want to bring you up to speed quickly. As you know, the Israelites were in bondage um, under Pharaoh in Egypt. And, and even though that took place, it actually just symbolizes our bondage. It symbolizes our entrapment to sin under Satan. It symbolizes our addiction and our lusts and our passions and our idolatry. And eventually the Israelites cry out to God to save them and God raises up a rescuer. And he takes this rescuer, he's born in a Hebrew home, and this, this rescuer, Moses, he gets taken into Pharaoh's household, and he gets educated in privilege, uh, in the privilege of Egypt. He then murders a man, and he flees into the desert. And he spends 40 years in Egypt, in privilege, without the presence of God. And then he goes into the desert for 40 years, and he spends 40 years in the desert, in desert places, in very tough times, without the presence of God. That's the man that... God has raised up. And then he has one encounter with God. One encounter. He meets him in the desert. It's the first time that there's a recorded prayer of Moses because he meets God and he speaks to God. And he encounters the presence of God in a burning bush. In that one meeting, everything changes. History gets rewritten. One meeting. After spending 40 years living in a life of privilege without God, 40 years living in the desert, Without God, he meets one time, one meeting, one encounter, everything changes. Absolutely everything changes. And after 80 years of wandering around, living his own life, he gets into the presence of God and he says to God three things. He says, teach me your ways. He says, if you don't go, we're not going. And he says, show me your glory. That's an amazing prayer. That is the prayer of Moses in Exodus 33. Teach me your ways. If you don't go, I'm not going, and show me your glory. That's what he says to God. So will you close your eyes, please? We're going to pray. Father, this morning we come into your presence so that you can teach us your ways. 
not our ways. Some of us live in privilege. Some of us live in desert places. We want your presence, Lord God, this morning. We want to go where you go. We want you to be with us always. We want to know your ways, Lord God. And I pray this morning that we will see your glory. Will you show us your glory, Lord God? Would you show us the glory of your Son this morning? I pray in Jesus' name. And right throughout Exodus, we see Moses meeting with God. That's what we see. He meets up on mountains, he meets down in tents, there's smoke, there's clouds, but he meets with God. It actually says in the scripture that it meets and they speak as if they are friends. It says they meet face to face. He doesn't actually see God's face, but it's representative of the relationship. This incredible, personal, intimate relationship that he has with God. Like they're friends. He talks to them. It says in the scriptures. He talks to them like they're friends. They engage with one another. It's unbelievably personal. And all the way through, we just see how Moses intercedes for the people. He speaks to God on behalf of himself and speaks on behalf of the people, of the nation of Israel. Because you see, Israel is like us. They go completely wayward. The minute they have any opportunity, they're taking off jewelry and necklaces and they're making idols of all sorts of things, of money and sex and power. You see, we've been created to worship, but what happens is we worship all the wrong things. We've been designed to worship God, but we will worship everything else that God has created. And so Moses intercedes all the time on behalf of the nation of Israel. He says to God, these people are your people. They're your people. You have a covenant with them. You've made them promises. And God relents and has mercy. And every time the people falter, Moses intercedes on their behalf. But you see, Moses is imperfect and he fails. We have an intercessor. You see, Moses was just a picture of the intercessor that we have, the perfect intercessor. We have Jesus, the perfect son of the perfect father, the perfect intercessor, the one who absorbs the wrath of God because God's anger burns towards his idolatrous people. But Jesus is our intercessor and he gives us access to the father and he gives us peace with the father. That's why Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to that except through me. He's our intercessor. He's the picture of Moses. He's the perfect picture of Moses in Scripture. And that's why when the 12 disciples ask Jesus how to pray, he teaches them. He says, oh, I'm going to look at one Scripture in Matthew this morning. Just one. And then I'd love to pray with you. If you can turn Matthew chapter 6, and we're just going to read. We're just going to unpack verses 9 to 10. You would have known it from school. If you went to school in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, you will not only be able to say this blindfolded, you will also be able to sing it. Hey? Everybody knows the scripture. Everybody. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's a beautiful opening line. Jesus tells his disciples when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray. This is how you pray. He gives us a format. He gives us a, a foundation for how we should pray. Our Father, not my Father, not your Father, not the Afrikaans Father, not the English Father, 
Not an Indian father, our father. Our father. It's our father. We pray to our father. If you're a a born-again believer, then I want to tell you that you share more in common with the people in this room than you do with your unsaved family. We share spiritual DNA. Where's Pindi? Pindi and I are sisters. Scripture says that we're sisters and brothers. We share spiritual DNA. I'm more closely related to Pindi than I am to some of my own family. That's what it says in the Bible, because we share a father. We will spend eternity together. And so we've got to take our spiritual preferences and our religious preferences out of the prayer, because it's our father. That's how it starts, our father. And so we've got to lay things down when we come to the father. We've got to put them down. Father, it's such a powerful word, eh? It's such a powerful word that Jesus gives us that word to hold on to, all that it symbolizes. My father died in 2014. And when he died, he left the last will and testament of Ralph Gordon Leachwood. And my name was in that document. It was written on paper and it was drafted by attorneys. And there were promises in that document. There were promises about me because my name was there. And you see, when I got that document, I could believe with every little bit of my heart. I mean, this thing was drafted by attorneys. You know, you can't trust them. eh? You can't trust anyone with a law degree. Just saying. Except me. (laughs) But how is it that I was able to trust the promises in that document completely? I would bet my life that those promises would be fulfilled. This book over here is comprised of two parts. What are they called? And? Testament. Testament. Our Father, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy? This is the will of a father. This is the testament of a father. My father left the last will and testament. It was a dying man to his children. This is a living father to his living children. How is it possible that I can believe what is written in a paper document written by attorneys, but I struggle to believe the promises in this book? How is it possible? Our Father. Our Father. He's left us a set of promises. He's given us a set of truths to hold on to. It is His will. If you want to know what the will and purpose of God is for your life, you simply go here. Our Father. Our Father. Your will be done. Our Father. Moses says, teach me your ways. It's all here. Teach me your ways. Teach me your ways. Teach me who I am in you. Teach me how to live your way. It's better. Moses knew after 80 years, he knew it was better than living his way. Teach me your ways. Teach me about your promises. Teach me to believe. And you know, he wants to share it with us. That's what prayer is about. God wants to share the promises. The Father wants to share the promises with you. When my oldest son, he's not here, he's at work today, but he, he, when he was... 14 and 15, every time he'd have a conversation with me, he'd stand at the door so he could back out fast. (laughs) And it it used to break my heart because I wanted him in my presence so I could share my heart with him. You see, you cannot know the will of the Father unless you come into his presence. It's impossible. That's why God wants us to come in. He wants to draw us in so that he can share his promises with us. Teach us your ways, Lord God. Come into my presence. Show me your promises, Lord God. Come into my presence. 
I want you to go with me. Come into my presence. Come into my. He wants us in his presence. That's what prayer is. When you meet with him up on the mountain in the tent, come into my presence. Come into my presence. Because when you're with him, you find out all about him security, identity, faithfulness, strength. You know, whenever I see the young dads here like Vernon and Herbert with, with, their, with their small children in their arms, it's just an incredible picture. It's, just an, it's an incredible picture. Those children feel completely secure in the father's arms. They feel completely secure. And Vernon is a gentle guy. But if you touch that girl, he'll break you in half. No, you will. He'll, that's, that's the strength of a father. See, that's what happens with a father. Complete security, complete strength, complete protection. That girl is not scared one bit when she's in the arms of her father. And he wants us to believe in him. It's a great cry in Exodus. I, I, I read it with frustration. I'm not sure how it was said, but God says to Moses in Exodus, when will these people believe in me? That's what he says. When will they believe in me? You can't pray without faith. You cannot pray without faith. He wants us to believe, to hold on to the things that he says. That's what it means when it says, hello, hello my name. Hello means to honor, to honor as holy. If you hello somebody's name, you, you believe in it with complete faith that it's holy, that he is who he says he is. Our Father, hallowed be our name. That's what hello means. It means trusting His name no matter what you see with your eyes. It's difficult sometimes. It's difficult. Where's Jilly? Where's Jilly? Where's she? Jilly, as long as I've been in this church, I just want to say God's put you on my heart this week. As long as I've been in this church, I've watched you come forward for healing. I've watched you come forward and forward, and it affects me. You're an inspiration to me, Jenny. And I want to tell you that God sees you. I want to tell you that God sees you. And I think you've got more faith in your little finger than many of us have got here. Because you keep coming and you've never given up on the promises of God. And I want to honor you now before everybody. And I felt God say to me this week, I'm going I'm to use the humble to shame the wise. So I just want to honor you before everybody. Okay, I've seen you. And I'm going to trust for you. And I'm going to trust with you, Jilly. Faith, guys. Never ending, never giving up faith in Jesus. That's what he wants. He wants us to believe in him. Prayer is desperate. Prayer is trusting. C.S. Lewis says, faith isn't faith unless it's all you're holding on to. Faith isn't faith when you've got another way out. That's not faith. And I want to say this very gently, and please don't take offense, and if you do, just listen to it on audio afterwards so you can hear where I'm going with this. Because I don't have a problem with wealthy people, and I don't have a problem with money, and I don't have a problem with insurance. But I want to tell you that those things interfere with faith. They are dangerous to faith. Money can be very dangerous for faith. Because it's easier to pick up the phone than to get on your knees. See, if you've got medical aid, you'll just pick up the phone and phone. You won't pray for healing. How many people pray for healing? You phone the doctor. 
but, but we speak about the healer here. How, how many people rely on insurance instead of praying to the God who can restore everything? And that's why you see healing in Africa. That's when you go on missions to where people have nothing. You see miracles take place. They have no other way out. They have no other way out. We trust in medical aid schemes and insurance more than we trust the name of God. You can buy security, you can buy provisions, you can buy healing. And I, I have nothing wrong with those things. I'm simply saying it's a heart issue. We can rely on man-made things instead of the Creator and His promises. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. See, that name is the name of healing. That name is the name of provision. That name is protection. That name is blessing. That name is almighty power. That name is miracle. That name is salvation. That name is restoration. That name is resurrection. That name is resurrection. When things are dead, that name means that you can rely on it for resurrection. When your marriage is dead, you can rely on it for resurrection. When your business is dead, you can rely on him for resurrection. Your kingdom come. You will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, we pray that his kingdom comes, not our kingdom. When you start your prayer life, make sure we're praying to his kingdom, not your kingdom. That his will is done, not your will. One of the things that I pray for a lot, and I'm, I'm being completely honest, I pray for finances, I run a business, I, I, I justify it because I support a lot of people. But actually, I think I pray for that more than I pray for anything else. I came back in uh, January this year, and my brakes need to be changed. And I phoned my mechanic, but it was very early in January, where everybody is closed. And I sent him a, I sent him a message, and I said, listen, I need some help. You know, as soon as you open, book me. He said, I'm open. I said, how come? He said, well, I haven't closed. I said, why not? He said, I didn't, have, I didn't have enough finances to close my business. So I've been here every day. So anyway, I take my car in. I meet Tony Townsend there. And um, so I said, Rain, I listened to the story about his lack of business. And so I said, Tony, we better pray for this guy. So I don't know if he's a believer. So Tony and I pray for Rain. We pray for business. We pray that God's going to bless his business and send him lots of work. Anyway, get my brakes sorted out, leave. I phoned three weeks later, I need to have a service done. I said, have you got space for me? He said, no. I said, why not? He said, I'm too busy. <laughs> Your kingdom come. See, God wants us to, to see his kingdom come. He wants us to be part of the kingdom coming for other people. It's not always about us. He makes provision for us. But he wants us to see his kingdom come in other people's lives who don't know him. The power of God. He wants us to see heaven touching earth. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came because heaven came to touch earth. Moses said, show me your glory. You know what the glory of God is? The glory of God is Jesus Christ. In Hebrews it says, he is the radiance of the glory of God. Jesus is the glory of God. And he wants us to believe in him. That he is everything that he said. Lazarus dies. Guys, there isn't more completeness than deadness. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. Completely and utterly dead. It's done. And Jesus says to Martha, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you'll see the glory of God? You'll see the resurrection of I can I can resurrect dead things. 
you'll see me. You'll see me. If you believe in me, you'll see me. He's the glory of God. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. That's why we finish everything off with in Jesus' name. That's why when we ask for healing, we say Jesus' name. We speak Jesus over things. That's where the power is. That's where the glory of God is. Moses says, show me your glory. And God says, I'll tell you my name. We use the name of Jesus in everything. In everything. When we were in Lesotho, um, the lead pastor, his wife, came out of the church on a Saturday after the, the session, the Saturday session, and she tripped as she came out of the church. And what we didn't know is that she has a slipped disc, and she was in a huge amount of pain. And so we, um, we didn't know until a little bit later in the afternoon, after lunch, and uh, we were on a tour with them, having a look at a few things, and she called the four of us, it was myself, Jared, Ryan, and Vernon, and she said, pray for me now, pray for my back, right now. No excuses, no pick up the phone, just pray for me. And so we prayed for her, and she was healed instantly. She was healed instantly. So the next morning we come to church, and uh, the lead pastor said he'll take three testimonies, and she was number four. Then they had that really fun exchange between lead pastors and their wives in church. It was quite funny, because he said three, and she was number four. And so after a brief exchange in the church, she stood up, and she told everyone that she had been healed by Jesus by men praying for her. And it was quite incredible because Vernon leaned over and he said, I think we need to pray for others who want to be able to lay hands and pray for people. And on the basis of her testimony and Vernon speaking to me, we made that call, the whole church stood up. People, she was completely healed. Completely, completely healed. She testified to it. They saw it. And all of a sudden, everyone else just believed in healing. And that's the glory of God. When, when heaven just touches earth, we, we just see the power of God unfold. And people believe. And people believe. I got back from Lesotho that week. Every client I went to see had a back problem. <laughs> Everybody had a back problem. I prayed for one woman over the phone. I got, she said she spent thousands of rands with physiotherapists. And then she was going to a Chinese acupuncture guy. And I prayed for her over the phone. When I got there, I went to a bedroom. I prayed for an elderly lady and healed her. I drove to St. Francis. I met another guy. He was trying to show me around his house and he couldn't walk. And I prayed for him. He laughed at me. I said, can I pray for you? He said, like he laughed, you know, like this is a joke. Oh, God, please don't put me in a position. I prayed for him. But that's the power of God. All of a sudden, I believed. They believed. We started to believe and we started to see the glory of God unfold. That's when the promises are fulfilled. I'm going to close with this. We pray to the Father by the blood of the Son in the power of the Spirit. That's how we pray. We're praying to the Father. We pray by the blood of the Son because of Jesus, because of the work of Jesus on the cross. That's what gives us access to the Father because of Jesus. And we pray in the power of the Spirit. Teach me your way, Father. Teach me your ways. That's what Moses asked. Teach me your ways. If the Spirit does not go with me, we will not go. We pray by the power of the Spirit. And would you show us the glory of the Son? That's what he asked. That's what he asked. Before I close, I'm going to pray, and I want to pray specifically for um, people with back problems this morning. Any sort of pain in their backs this morning, I want to pray for that. But I want to ask, is there anyone here 
who doesn't have that relationship with God. He's kind of on the outside like Moses. He might have lived in a life of privilege without the presence of God. might have lived in a desert place without the privilege of God, the presence of God. You don't know Jesus. You don't know God. You don't have a, a personal, intimate relationship. You don't live under that blessing. You don't have that favor on your life that comes with knowing him, which comes with being bought by his blood. And I'd love to pray with anyone who's never, ever made that commitment, who's never said, Jesus, I want to be yours. Father, make me one of yours. Is there anyone here this morning? Is there anyone here that would like to make that commitment? I'm here afterwards, so if you are... I don't have the courage to come up now. If you'd like to talk to me afterwards, I'm, I'll be available on the front. But I want to pray for people with back problems this morning. Does anyone have a back problem? Put your hand up. Back problems. Anybody else? I have faithful back problems. Anybody else? Three people, four people with back problems. Five people, six people. Seven people. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for you guys. Would you guys, would you mind coming to the front? Come to the front here. Yeah. Come stand here. Last week, last week, we, um, after Jono's magnificent word that he brought last week, we, um, we asked people if they want to just have a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. About half of this church came forward. Can you put your hand up? Can you put your hand up? If you came forward last week, put your hand up. I'd like you to come forward. You're going to pray for these people. I'm serious. Can you come forward? You're going to pray for them. You're going to lay hands on these people. Can I have the music team? Thanks, CJ. <coughs> you see, the Spirit isn't just in the guys that stand in front here. That's what we said last week. The Spirit is in you. And you've asked for it. You came up. And the power of the Spirit was evident last week. And this morning, we prayed. We said, fall on us. Just fall on us. And so we're going to pray this morning. I'll kick it off. But we pray. We pray out of desperation. We, we pray trusting the name of Jesus. It is His power. It is His power because it is His name. And we're going to trust that He's going to do what He does best when we cry out to him, as he comes and he heals. Jesus, that empty tomb, that empty tomb is a promise that we stand on. That empty tomb, that resurrected body, means that we can trust you, that you are who you say you are, and that you do what you do. And these people, Lord God, are coming in faith, in desperate faith now. And they're going to pray for healing over bodies whose backs are bent out of shape. Slip discs and sciatic problems. God, we're going to ask you to heal this morning. We can't manipulate you. But we come with desperate faith this morning. As your spirit falls down on us, Lord God, will it find its way in these backs? I pray, Lord God, by faith that you will heal every single person here. I pray, Lord God, we're going to hear testimonies of the miracle working power of Jesus Christ. 
as you were whipped and as those chains and those bones and those leather straps cut into your flesh, you said to us, because of that, we're going to pray for healing. We can trust you as you took all the punishment for our sin. You made a way with God. You opened the door for us to come before you and to trust you. We come as sons and daughters. We come because you've told us to. You've given us authority. So we pray over backs right now. We pray over spines and backs. We pray that you would be healed. So we pray for healing in Jesus' name. We speak the name of Jesus over every single person here. We speak the name of Jesus over every spinal cord, over every muscle, over every nerve ending. We speak the name of Jesus. We speak the name of Jesus over every paralysis, over absolutely everything that we see that that cannot be fixed by medicine, that cannot be fixed. We, We speak the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Would you heal them right now, I pray. In Jesus' mighty name.